Hello and welcome to Radiance and Resilience. I'm Betty Parker, your host, back for another episode of Giant Slaying. We are out here slaying all kinds of giants in life and especially those who are related to people problems. I want to thank everybody who's given us so much good feedback. I'm glad to know that you're getting a lot of great content from this. Our ideas aren't just theoretical or abstract, but they're also very concrete. So you are finding ways to put some of these things into practice that we're suggesting to you. I appreciate it. So today is not going to be that much different in terms of us being solution focused, but where the real difference occurs is in how we take that solution to fruition. So we want to get into the implementation of a solution? How do we really get the best outcomes? It's one thing to sit and to brainstorm and to talk about the multiple ways in which we could probably approach a problem. We can guess at, is this the best possible fix? And we really won't know until we actually apply it. So how do you do that? How do you make it sticky? How do you get people to adhere to it? Even when it gets a little bit tough, even for you, how do you stick it out? Because sometimes it's a process. And so what needs to go into that? Dr. K and I are going to explore that part of it after the break. So please stay tuned and find different ways and new ways to continue to slay those giants. Respect, understanding, accountability. The strongest and best interactions in life between individuals and teams is when these three actions are practiced. Problems arise when people feel disrespected or when misunderstandings occur or when accountability is lacking on all sides. Worse, when there is no recovery plan to get through the harm that's experienced, relationships suffer. But there is a plan that will preserve those all-important relationships on the job and at home. It can be found in the pages of my latest book, Crushing Goliath, Winning Practices for Slaying Giant People Problems. I'm Betty Parker, and after 17 years in the training and development arena, I've learned what it takes to close the gaps and disagreements. I share those lessons in Crushing Goliath in the form of reflection questions, case studies, and practical methods. Whether in a book club, with a study partner, or in individual study, you can actualize the recommended practices for all kinds of people problems. Get your copy at crushinggoliath.com and slay the giants that threaten the health of your relationship. You can't afford to wait any longer. Get your copy now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Radiance and Resilience, where we are discussing our theme of the season, Crushing Goliath, winning practices for slaying giant people problems, because we are helping you to become giant slayers, and I'm not doing it by myself. I have with me my great guest host, Dr. Katrina Hutchins, affectionately known as Dr. K, who is helping me to do this hard work. Hey, Dr. K. Hi, Betty. It's so good to be back again for another episode of Slaying the Giants. I cannot wait to get my t-shirt. You mentioned (laughs) that in the last episode. I did not come to play. I came to slay. I'm ready for my t-shirt. So excited. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Me too. Oh my gosh. I think it's just such um, a mindset for people to have if they want to go in and tackle those things that have kind of been weighing on them for a little while so here we are able to give them some processes now this week 
the uh, the practice that we're putting in a place is very process oriented. So people will definitely have to get the book because we walk them through how to make the fix work. Last week we talked about finding the fix. So it's about figuring out what the solution should be. And this time it's about how do we put it into practice and making it work. It has to stick. I think mm-hmm. at the end of the last segment or episode we talked about how people will sometimes rehash issues because the solution they came up with they haven't really resolved it it hasn't it it did there was no adherence to it because it wasn't a good enough solution so once we've arrived at what will work for everybody then how do we make that stick how do we make the fix work it's not enough to just arrive at a solution how do we put it into practice so that we solidify the outcomes that we're looking for. I am going to read, and I guess Dr. K, you're going to have to settle in for this one because I need to read a a pretty good little section of probably the whole first page of page 77 and of chapter six, because it tells a story. Of course, we're, as our theme is David and Goliath, but it really does identify what needs to happen in terms of how we use our our resources. So here we go. Mm -hmm. When Saul looks at what is available to him in his battle against Goliath, he is dismayed to find that his resources are few. He has an army of men, but none of them are strong enough to go one-on-one with the giant. Saul is their best bet, being the tallest and most suited to fight Goliath, but he is still no match for him. With seemingly no other recourse, he limits his options. As far as we know, he does not consider any other means of fighting Goliath. He does not think about how he can outsmart him or how he can renegotiate the terms of the battle. He accepts what is without a lot of resistance and puts himself and his people in a precarious position. Then along comes David, a mere boy who has the gumption to be offended by Goliath's taunting. He immediately wants to fight back. The battle goes beyond brawn for David. It's about principle. Goliath is ridiculing what he believes in and what is important to him. David is ready to face the bully no matter how mismatched they are. Saul must find a way to harness that unwavering courage and use it for the Israelite's success. He accepts David after the boy lays out his resume and David has been successful in taking down tough opponents before, ferocious opponents like bears and lions. He knows victory well and is not easily frightened by anything that appears to be tougher than him. So Saul adds to his only weapon, which is David, some equipment that he thinks will offer greater protection when David goes out to battle. As much as this makes sense to Saul, David refuses the extra supplies. They will only slow him down. Saul's mistake in this situation is one that many leaders make an inability to know how to best use the resources available to them. And I'm going to stop right there. So as uh, leaders uh, and even self-governing leaders, the question then becomes when we look at potential fixes for problems that we are facing, especially people problems, what kind of resources are available to us to fix those problems? And I want you to think about even human resources. And then how do we apply that fix such that it sticks? Are we using what's available to us in the best possible way? So Dr. K, is there anything you can think of as you tend to work with people and advise different companies and individuals about, you know, just 
trying to find solutions to some of the challenges they may face, specifically people problems. Um, Mm. Is there anything that you've been able to do in terms of making solutions stick and helping people to think about what's available to them to rectify some of the challenges they face? Sure. I I love this uh, section and I love kind of even the metaphor that we could bring forward into leadership. You know, when we think about David and and what he ultimately used, right, to slay Mm -hmm. the giant Mm -hmm. was not common, right? It wasn't the first thing that someone would have chosen, right? You know, probably if they were in the same situation, they would have been looking for these other resources. They would have been looking for the most obvious kind of thing that they believed would slay the giant. I think your point is so well taken. It is looking at and for those resources that might be hidden in plain sight, those things that we don't often think about or that we don't even see as a resource. And so it ties back into our last episode, Betty, where we were talking about brainstorming, but this time brainstorming around what do we have at our disposal? Mm -hmm. Um, What might we be missing that could be a resource and not just a resource for us to use to fix something, but also the resource um, that would be used to help us to sustain it, right? So you mm-hmm. were asking a question around how do we um, make the fix, and but but also how do we keep it? How do we sustain it? And I think the other piece is I love I love theory. I love leadership theory. And one of my favorite um, leadership theories is around Lewin's model of organizational change and organizational culture. And one of the things that Lewin espoused, um, and he used the metaphor of an ice tray and ice. Um, For those of you who are old enough to remember ice trays, you will get this. (laughs) Yeah. But he talked about Um, the necessity to often examine your eyes, right? To make sure that flies have not been frozen in the ice. Mm. So let's say that you go into the freezer and you see that there are clearly flies or let's just say, you know, debris or something yucky in the ice, right? Mm -hmm. And you're the leader. It is not wise to just stick the ice tray back into the freezer And leave it there after you have seen that there's something in the ice. So Lewin espouses that you take the ice tray out, you allow it to unfreeze. So you unfreeze what the problem is Mm -hmm. and you clean it out. You put fresh water in it and then you refreeze it. And so I love that metaphor and it aligns with this because sometimes we are just keeping in step with old resources, old Mm -hmm. way of doing things, traditional ways of doing things. We are ignoring even artifacts embedded in the culture that continue to get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. It's an interruption to sustaining, to to moving toward or even sustaining a fix. And I want to park there for a moment because some of the artifacts in the culture 
it's not the leader. It is what has been embedded in that culture. Mm. And sometimes the culture has to be unfrozen for the leader to even be successful in leading. There are leaders who step into organizations and they inherit broken things that they had nothing to do with breaking. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's so critically important, Betty, that even in that process of assessing resources and fixes and all of those things that we're also examining culture along with it. Do I have flies in the ice? Do I have artifacts in the culture? And if I do, let me get to that fix so that I up the chances of sustaining the fix that is created as we move forward. Dr. K, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, one thing I want to say real quick, <laughs> because um, I was getting a little nervous, Dr. K. I was breaking out in a little bit of a sweat because I want everybody <laughs> to know you were the one who encouraged me to go back and get my master's in organizational <laughs> leadership. And I thought it was about to be a test on who Lewin was. I was about to say, I don't remember him. <laughs> In my reading, but thank you for that. And what a visual, this whole idea of the ice tray and all of the detritus that might exist in the ice tray and having to unfreeze a culture. Because you're absolutely right. We are still in so many ways. I see this in organizations. If you want to kill a business, you got to get stopped espousing this, the purpose behind this statement, which is we've always done it that mm -hmm. way. That will kill a business in a heartbeat because some businesses have found a way to do something and it worked for a while, but the world and society is changing around us daily. And you can't just hunker down and say, okay, we figured it out and just stay there. Well, you may have figured it out for that particular era, but times are changing and people are moving forward. So we have to constantly reinvent our businesses and ourselves. I, I do a, a presentation at conferences called When the New Invention is You, because mm. we can become outdated as well, right? So when we think about these resources that are available to us, I hear you loud and clear in terms of people not recognizing how we have to tap into all of those things that are there and present for us Otherwise, we become obsolete and the responses and the solutions become obsolete and they no longer fit whatever the situation is. So I don't know, when I think about some of the people we are challenged by today or the things, the situations we're challenged by today, I included as part of the discussion and as a, a case analysis in the book around using a resource like you, Dr. K, a coach. What if we have a person that we're dealing with within our organization that people are struggling with? Maybe they have a very off-putting type of style and behavior and, you know, type of leadership style and people just can't connect with them. You know, what do we have to do as an organization to either get that manager or supervisor up to snuff or figure out what our other alternatives are because they're actually destroying relationships all around them. And maybe mm -hmm. one of the resources is coaching that people, that person to better success. So as a resource, the coach could be there. It might be people are now dealing and being very vulnerable and very outspoken about 
challenges with their mental health. I really appreciate folks saying, hey, I need to sit and talk with somebody. I think I need therapy because there's some deep seated things that I haven't dealt with in my life. And now it's starting to resurface in my adulthood and it's impacting the way I have relationships with other people in my home, in my neighborhood, in my church, in my job, you know, all these different places in life. So mm-hmm. maybe that resource is going to a therapist or a psychologist or somebody who can help them through. And so my whole point is when we want our solutions to be successful, we have to look at, you know, what are we putting forward in order to make that a success? How do we implement the solution in the best possible way? If we were to look at that situation with David and Goliath, we saw that King Saul figured, okay, David, if you want to go out here and fight this giant, okay, go ahead and do it. But I don't know, in some way I got to help you out. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you these resources. I'm going to throw all of this extra equipment on you. I'm going to weigh you down with all of this stuff that you can can hardly move in. And David is feeling like, man, I'm not going to be effective. I don't think I can be as productive or even win this fight with all of this stuff on me. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's debilitating. It's, it's restrictive. He didn't need all that. That's not the way he fought lions and bears. So mm-hmm. sometimes we choose the wrong solutions, the wrong resources to apply to certain situations. I love that. I love that you suggested even the consideration of external resources, you know, there are the internal resources Mm -hmm. that could possibly be accessed um, within the organization or even the organization system that could contribute to the betterment of the person or the team, whatever that might be. But there are those external resources, you know, when consultants come in to help, um, teams and leaders navigate. You mentioned coaching to help individuals navigate other professional development kinds of opportunities for leaders and teams. I think that's where the idea around investing deeply in your people emerges, right? Um, So often organizations, I've, I've seen organizations that will put resources everywhere, Betty, except toward their people, Mm -hmm. that they're not investing in their people, right? Yes. So so having also this mindset that with the resources we do have and the resources we can access, how can we better use those resources to invest in the people, Mm -hmm. right? And, And to enhance... Um, their their sense of well-being and those other things that we've talked about in other episodes, um, their sense of belonging, creating ways to have them feel like they can thrive, that they're not just surviving the workplace. And, he, and, and here's our reality. And you also mentioned this, and I'm so glad you did, that contrary to popular belief or expectations, People cannot leave parts of themselves at the door. That's right. Cannot be done. And when we expect that to happen, what are what we are really saying to that person or to the group of people, to employees, is that we want you to fragment yourself, hmm. but we also want you to show up whole. Oh, 
That doesn't even make sense, right? Mm. And so the best thing that we can do is to to bring resources around wholeness. How can we help to create wholeness for the people who are serving in these capacities, serving in roles, who, how can we do a better job at helping them to be whole instead Mm -hmm. of having expectations that further fragment who they are. I often wonder about organizations who even have policies that don't, um, that are not aligned well with wholeness. I'll give you a prime example. People can have significant losses in their life. They could have lost a loved one or whatever the case may be. They may have three days to grieve and the expectation is that you come back to work whole. Mm. There's Mm -hmm. nothing in place to help me be whole, right? Mm -hmm. There, um, no one's having conversation with me because they don't know how to, because there is no education or learning opportunity um, geared toward helping me um, to feel a sense of belonging when I have been traumatized by my loss, Mm -hmm. right? And so there are so many tremendous opportunities that are untapped opportunities and resources to undergird people, not just in their work, but in their life. Because guess what? People will bring life to work with them. Oh, you better know it. Absolutely. And I had to tell you, Dr. K, sometimes I try to tell that to people when they are having some issues with somebody. Sometimes I say, you know, don't you can't take everything personally because there's so much that might be going on in the background in that person's okay. response to you that has nothing to do with you. But okay. they're going through a certain situation. They might not reveal that to you. You're over here in your feelings, getting all frustrated by certain things when in actuality, people aren't just the worker that they are when they show up. They have lives outside of work and it is hard to separate yourself from, you know, the person you are outside of the doors. It's just impossible to do that. You're going to bring your challenges with you. Some people can handle those well and compartmentalize and put those things on the back burner and be totally focused at work. Other times, like what you're describing, some things, some events are so huge that happen in our lives. It is almost impossible to put That's those right. things on a back burner. And so it comes, it shows up at work. And so it might come out in different ways that mm-hmm. might not be palatable for other people and they take it personally, but we have to also give each other grace and recognize mm-hmm. that if this is not this person's usual behavior, then something else might be going on and I need to give them a little bit of space. I'm not going to take what they just said or did personally. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's the invitation, the invitation to get to know the people you're with. Mm. You know, I am so amazed that I have worked with organizations and teams, Betty, people who have worked together for, for decades. Mm-hmm. And in this particular workshop that I do, um, they learn that in decades, they really did not know the person that they were working with. Hmm. Right. And they were operating out of narratives that they had created about them. And so it is so critically important for us to get to know the people that we are spending, again, the majority of our life with, because we're at at this point at work for the majority of our lives right now. Mm -hmm. And so it is so important for us to get to know the people. How do we do that? We have to become vulnerable. 
we have to become vulnerable and allow other people to see parts of us that, you know, sometimes we just kind of keep to ourselves, but it contributes to a greater sense of connectedness when we are able to step into a bit of vulnerability. And I'm going to say that and offer this, this um, disclaimer, please don't leave this podcast and say, you know, they said we should say all of our business at work. I mean, you did not say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clarify that, please. <laughs> we did not say that. We are right. saying get to know. Um, and also being okay with just sharing the parts of you that you're that you're comfortable with and that you feel that you can um, contribute to your space uh, so that people feel a greater sense of connectedness to you and mm-hmm. you feel connected to others. That's also a resource. Yes. I, when I know you, chances are I will be more open to working with you toward resolution, working mm-hmm. with you toward fix, working with you to sustain a fix, right? Because guess what? I feel seen, heard, and valued by you because I know you now. Mm-hmm. And then I also have the trust, respect, and commitment. What yeah. is that going to cause? It's going to cause me to want to do these things that you are outlining in your book. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And I wish everybody would have that frame of mind as we go through all of this. And of course we are at the end of this episode too. Um, I do want to say that, and Dr. K did allude to this already, well, she segued to it, but we just don't have the time to cover it. But in this particular chapter, the leader lesson is the importance of knowing yourself. She was encouraging us to get to know others. And we're also going to encourage you to get to know yourself better as well. Mm -hmm. Become more self-aware because the more self-aware you are, the more you recognize the impact that you have on others who experience you on a daily basis. Thanks again, Dr. K, for being a part of this season. And of course, this episode, you always provide such practical advice. We go beyond just theory and abstract ideas, but to real concrete ways in which we can apply some of the best ideas to some of the biggest challenges. So I hope you all are getting a ton out of this. And I also would like to recommend, too, if you think you need a personal coach, if you're looking for someone who can help you walk through and talk through some of your specific challenges. Dr. K's contact information is in the description of today's episode, as well as any of the episodes this season. Go to her website, take a look, see a little bit more about what she has to offer and contact her if you're interested in your own personal coach. That brings us to the end of today's session. Thank you so much for being a part of it. We look forward to seeing you back here again next week, Monday at 10 a.m. Take care. The workshop is on its way. You've heard about it in previous episodes. Now, finally, it's time for the workshop that teaches how to slay giant people problems. Beginning the first Thursday in September and occurring every Thursday through the end of the month, we'll be holding two workshops virtually, one at 2 p.m. Eastern time and one at 7 p.m. Eastern in the U.S. When you sign up for the workshop that teaches how to slay giant people problems, you're registering to attend two weeks of training. These sessions will be held the first two weeks of September and then repeated the last two weeks of the month. In these interactive sessions, you'll learn concepts from the book taken to a deeper level with calls to action. By the end of your two weeks, you will have an action plan in place to fix at least one relationship issue. Each session is 90 minutes and comes with a workbook. 
The book Crushing Goliath is sold separately and can be purchased at crushinggoliath.com. Register for the workshop on our website at thesharpersolution.com by scrolling down to the middle of the homepage where you'll find the book. Click on the Learn More button to be taken to the registration form. We can't wait to help you crush the giants in life. Sign up today.